This is Radio Life Sciences, a podcast by the Graduate School of Life Sciences for the Graduate School of Life Sciences. Hi all, welcome to the Life Sciences Radio. My name is Vivian and I'm a second year RMT student and this is my very, very first time recording a podcast. Today our guest is Dr. Renske de Klein, who is an educational researcher, assistant professor and the course coordinator of the introduction in designing and teaching in higher education course. The course is starting in January, but you can already sign up. If that is not all, during the lockdown she wrote a children's book called When the Virus is Over. This is an interactive book about what children would like to do when the pandemic is finally over. I'm just putting it out there that when you order the book, you'll also support COVID research of the BKZ, the Children's Hospital in Utrecht. Hi Renske. Hi. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. I think I'm fine, yeah. We just heard the announcement of some new regulations that are nationwide implemented now. So uh, it's settling in a bit. And uh, I think I'm like everybody now starting to realize it's getting uh, worse and worse. So prepare for uh, some tough months to come. Yes, unfortunately. So a lot is changing. And as an educational researcher, how do you see the changes that are being made in education in the current months? Yeah, it's an interesting question. There's so much going on now in education all over the place. But um, obviously what I have closest eye on is what's happening in the GSLS and the redesigning life sciences projects that have been happening over the past six months. And I have to say, people are, my colleagues, they're so dedicated in making sure that students have um, lots of alternatives still that we have prepared high quality education i'm really impressed by the hard work that's been put in the collaboration between colleagues that's been accelerated so much now that i i really think that students will still have high quality education that's being prepared right now and knowing that everybody would prefer to have real life contact obviously because it, it will help you to really get a sense of the, a group of students, whether they grasp the idea that you're talking about and to make interaction among students more easily. So I think, yes, this is more tough, how things are going, but um, I think it's 100% all, uh, all people on board to make sure students are uh, being served well. Yes, of course, yeah. I've, I, I have the feeling that they changed it rather quick and they moved on to online education really fast, which was really impressive. So yeah. yeah, I think it, it's now very helpful that because of the professorship of Harald van Rijen, which is focused on innovations in biomedical education and on online learning and blended learning, now we really can uh, benefit from the knowledge and the experience that's already been built up over the past few years. Yeah, definitely. Do you have uh, any advice for students in this situation, like the online lesson? Yeah, well, I, I think my advices are maybe a bit soft in nature, but I would say don't push yourself too much. So be kind to yourself, especially now it's getting more clear that we really need a long breath 
as we would say in Dutch, a lange adem. Um, so don't be too hard on yourself. Give yourself a break, like literally a break. Go outside for a walk, even when it's raining. Make sure you have some uh, fresh air every day, because I really think it, it'll help you stay healthy, but also stay sane, you know? Because yeah. um, if, if I look at myself, when I've been behind my screen and been Zooming all day, you're just so tired. But really, it's more tiring than meeting it, in real life. Yeah, because there's so few um, uh, alterations. You're in the same yeah. way. Or So what I also started doing, and I would really advise students to do so, is feel free to also during some course meetings or whatever, sometimes just put off your camera so that you can walk around in the room, you know, so that you don't are, you're not glued to your chair, but you can have some moving around. And um, yeah, and figure out what works for you. Because I think everybody's dealing with the situation differently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of people that um, don't put on their camera when having a, a lesson. Yeah, well, for teachers, they absolutely prefer that at least some students put on their camera because it's yeah. also a very awkward situation when you're talking to your screen to just some, uh, you know, avatars or... Uh, other pictures yeah. you have no idea whether it comes across what you're saying and teachers have put in a lot of energy as well to make sure that the education is uh, progressing online but i think there's a difference between putting in never putting your camera on or giving yourself a break to just you know walk around and get your eyes on something else than your screen for a moment or grab yourself a cup of coffee or you know whatever yeah yeah that's um, that's some good advice so, um, shall we talk about the new course? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the, you can sign up already, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh. It is open. Yeah. And yeah. I know the title is quite long. <laughs> it, it's really long. So I'm going to struggle pronouncing it again, but yeah. it's introduction in designing and teaching in higher, edu higher education. There we go. Yeah. So I think we will uh, soon call it the designing and teaching course. Oh, that sounds good. But we wanted to make sure that, for, that students know it is an introductory course. So it's not that you'll be a uh, fully learned teacher when you finish the course. And we wanted to be clear about the setting that it's focused on education in higher education, which is distinctively different from the profile, the educational profile, for instance, which is focused on becoming a secondary education teacher. Um, so we wanted to make sure that the title did not um, give some wrong vibes about that. So that's why we needed the introduction in the higher education. But I mean, the focus is on designing and teaching. Ah, okay, good to know. So it's not inside of the profile of education? No. Make it clear. Okay. Who would you love to see at your course or who would you um, advise to follow your own course? I would really want to invite actually all of those who are aspiring to be PhD students and to pursue a career in academia, because I think in a lot of cases during your PhD studies, you'll also likely be teaching. And even if you're um, uh, further um, getting further along in your academic career, you will absolutely be teaching. Um, and I think it's a good idea to start soon to explore for yourself what kind of teacher will I be, what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what kind of education would I want to give, 
what suits me. Um, and I think it's a good idea to explore it very soon. And I think that's what this core is designed for. Oh, good, good to know. So it, and it starts in January or? Yeah, we intend to start in January, but it also depends just a little bit on the uh, subscriptions. Uh, submissions so it might be that we extend it to february if that would suit more students to join the course so um, we'll get back on that okay so uh they have to stay tuned for all the uh, further information yeah yes okay, good so what is to you the role of a teacher in higher education yeah well i would say maybe i would take the question even more broad what's the role of a teacher in academia for instance yeah. Because I think education has the name of like being uh, second best because we're all in academia because we want to do research. Um, and well, yeah, you have to teach maybe. But I think the trend is really changing. I think there's more and more uh, staff that's really interested in giving high quality education and making that their career. So what I think the role of a teacher is, is it's to inspire to share the passion of your work and your field, um, but also to prepare a new generation. I mean, that, that it's, I, I think it's such a high stakes job actually that you get to teach and support and guide students who are gonna bring you our fields forward when they are graduated and in five or 10 years, You'll, you all will be in very important positions in your field. So this is where the basis is laid down. And I think yeah. it's really a privilege to be working with uh, such young and ambitious students. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And it's also like the most inspiring teachers are the courses you learn the, the most. Yeah, right? yeah. And those are the ones you will never forget. And those are the ones that you, they, they, they stick with you like role models, you know? Yeah. And I think within the university, if I look at Utrecht University as a whole, it's really a changing tide now. So there's more and more, like there's awards for teachers and the focus is more and more on the importance of giving good education as comparably important as doing research. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You need both in an academic situation. Very yeah. true. Yeah, so you're also going to talk in your course about the science and uh, research behind yes. higher education, right? Yeah. And the designing and that it's evidence-based. So do you have some, is there any hard evidence? Yeah. The design? It's such an interesting question because as in any fields, also in my field within the educational sciences, there are fierce debates between professors and camps on what's been proven and what's not because what's new <laughs> yeah so and 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 for, at first i thought it was a social science thing because you know measurements within education are less um i don't know like clear or lab like uh, compared to uh, i think the research that the students in the gsls are doing but um so i think there's this camp who, that is convinced of uh, having a lot of guidance and being very clear to students and there is a camp that's more in favor of having students like more um, find it out themselves or experience it. But I think there are some issues that uh, there, there's so much evidence for that, that they are not doubted anymore. 
Okay. And um, for instance, one of them, I think it is interesting for, uh, for students to know also, because it has to do with um, how you study for an exam, for instance. Yeah, oh, that's always your, good. For a, your long-term memory, it really is better to do spaced practice, which means shorter periods on multiple days rather than one block of your know, a day and a night straight through and then make your exam. It, it won't affect your exam grade possibly, but it absolutely will affect your long-term memory. And oh. uh, <laughs> that's so, why. <laughs> so I think, you know, and you asked for tips for students and yeah. it's, it's such an open door, but you know, having a planning and sticking to it. So repeating the, uh, uh, the content over days or over weeks or stuff uh, will help as well as using concrete examples. So that's more of a, a guide for a teacher so that when yeah. you're teaching theory, if you have some concrete examples to connect it to, it'll help you to actually store it in your memory, but also to give it meaning. And I think um, it's, it's possible also an open door. And you know what, what my, um, oh, what's the English word? Um, what my, what my what my heart is in, so that's what mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of evidence for, um, is the power of feedback. So I think feedback is, that's information that's just cut out for you. It's based on your work and the things you do well or can improve. And I really think we have some uh, some extra efficiency and effectiveness to win if we take feedback more serious. If we take feedback from one course to another, from one assignment to another, if we take peer feedback a bit more serious, I think there's more to learn from that. And there's a lot of, a lot of studies showing that yeah, feedback can help you learn because that's the tailor-made information for you. Yeah, that's a good one. I, oh, I can talk about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. We only have 20 minutes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also I have the feeling that in a lot of courses, well, I got asked to give feedback or uh, I got feedback, but then, yeah, did you really do anything from, with it? Yeah, it feels like an assignment that you have to, t a box to tick, yeah. for instance. So um, what my advice is to teachers, so if you come across teachers who say this, they, they might have <laughs> talked to me, is that I will always say, when you have a peer feedback assignment or you give feedback as a teacher on a concept paper, also ask students, to provide a very brief reflection paragraph on how they use the feedback and what feedback they did and did not use. Okay. So that you have a bit more thinking processes about the feedback. Oh, that's, that's also a good one. Yeah. yeah. What kind of student were you yourself? Were you I, a planned student or were you a... Yeah. That? I, you know, I just loved learning always. And I, I mean, learning is not always one big, fun, uh, happy... Uh, a thing because I've struggled obviously but I've always liked it so I was only one of those few students who liked statistics in social sciences oh. and everybody hated it <laughs> I, I think I was a uh, yeah eagerly eager to learn I think that's and it hasn't changed so far I hope to keep being like this uh, for a long time yeah yeah I hope so too because you're really enthusiastic also about all the things you do so that's that's definitely coming through that's good yeah I really think yeah. I have this job in the world yeah Good. <laughs> um, could you give us some differences in um, designing online education? Is there a difference between designing online education or in person? 
Yeah, I think one of the differences is that it, it takes more preparation because in offline and face-to-face -face education, you can improvise better, for instance, in how you uh, make subgroups for sub-discussions and then get back together and uh, discuss what you've been finding out. Um, so I think it needs more preparation and more digital um, uh, competency, obviously. Um, but, but also your time uh, framing is different, I guess. So um, when in a lecture, you could say you could listen like for an hour and have a small break and then continue. I think it's way more complex to ask students to listen to the same contact from their homes with a lot of distractions going on with nobody seeing that you are checking your iPhone for on new messages or your Twitter account or Instagram, whatever. So I think the, as a teacher, you have to be even more creative to uh, hold on to the attention of your students. And yeah. I think it's, it's also the, um, the challenge for students, how to keep yourself really connected and engaged during these educational sessions. And, um, yeah, so for instance, with the camera on and off, there's a lot of things that are more complicated now. Yeah, I can imagine. Other hand, I think it also provides opportunities. So I think um, now, rather than giving a long lecture of, I don't know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, when people are designing like um, a Kenneth clip, you know, a, a short, uh, informative video clip, it really forces you to be... Um, uh, short and brief and you know cut the crap and and uh, be very organized the information and give it in a in a proper order and you can have questions in within your um, lectures so I think there's also a lot of extra opportunities that we are now uh, you know exploring and implementing yeah for sure rather quick as well because we've been trying to move to online education for a long time now right yeah 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 so I think it's good that we already had some experience with it. There were some dissertations written on online education or flipped classrooms within the group of the, uh, the biomedical sciences group and the GSLS as a whole. So I think it really now benefits us that we have some uh, experience. Yeah, good. Okay, so uh, what we did in the last few podcasts is uh, some uh, quick questions. And yeah. Maybe it's fun if we do that here as well. So here's the first one. We would like to hear the first answer that pops into your head. Okay. Ready? answer yes okay what are your favorite qualities in a person mm, oh it's difficult i would say optimism and honesty what is the most marked characteristic of yourself extraversion how would you define success mm. oh it's so corny but i would say being happy with who you are and the, with the people around you I couldn't agree more. What do you dislike the most? In general? Mm, yeah, in general. People lying. I'm so naive. I don't even consider people might lie to me. I, tr I always believe anything. And um, I, oh, I'm such an uh, easy public for uh, sarcastic jokes. I never oh. get a joke or, you know, you, you can fool me with anything. Yeah. Don't let your students know. No, no. <laughs> I hope they're not listening. Let's cut, <laughs> it, cut out. it out. <laughs> if you could talk to anyone who lived before, who would that person be? Ah, yeah, for me, that would be Annie M. G. Schmidt. 
Oh. Who's the author of a lot of children's verses and Yip and Janneke and other books that I've always enjoyed because she, uh, I've read some books about her and she uh, seems to have been quite a rebel, which oh, God, I didn't yeah. expect from the, the, the books that she wrote. So I'd love to hear, she, she appears to not even like kids, for instance. So I would be very intrigued to hear more about her story and her personality. Did you also, there was a musical about her, right? Yeah, it was. I haven't seen it. No, me neither. But it uh, sounds like a very good idea right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To, to hear it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, it, did her work also inspire your own work with your children's book? Yeah, absolutely. So I think when I was um, eight years old, in uh, grade four, we had our first Spreekbeurt. Oh. For the very first time, we had to present as a kid on a topic we liked. And my presentation was on Annie M. K. Smith. And ever since I always thought, one day I'm gonna write a children's book. And uh, it, I don't know, you know, I now having kids myself, it's popped up more often. And then when I realized I wanna, yeah, I wanted to um, grasp something of what my kids are going through now and the things they are missing. And then the simple rhyme came up in my head and I was like, Yay, this is the moment. This is my NMK Schmidt moment. And not saying anything that the quality is comparable, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just love rhyming also because kids learn language from rhyming so much faster because they yeah. understand the pattern that's coming. So, oh, that was a long answer to this question. So, yes, she inspired me. <laughs> good, good. What's your favorite word? I did, oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give two. So it, it has to be how do, because I live in <laughs> Brabant and I'm a very proud uh, uh, citizen of Brabant. And the other one would be gezellig. Gezellig, yeah, yes. of course. I think that's also uh, of most international students, the favorite Dutch word or the first Dutch word you'll hear. Yeah, so I would really want to ask the, our internationals to also learn the Brabant way. So not gezellig, but also with the soft G, gezellig. It I think sounds, it sounds even more inviting, right? Yeah, it sounds more friendly, more yeah. like the word itself. Yeah, true. What's your favorite occupation or what do you enjoy the most doing? That will be playing with my kids because I've always loved playing with kids because I feel like a kid again, you know, whenever it's playing with the Play-Doh making pizzas or, you know, <laughs> crafting things. I just love, yeah, really playing. Yeah. How did they enjoy the book? They they love, yeah, they, they really liked that their names were in it because it oh. said Bor and then their names. So they, and they were very proud. So they showed it to everyone. They said, mommy wrote a book for us. So they were oh, very, that's so cute. Yeah. And they know the, the verse, the rhymes by heart, which I love, obviously, so that they yeah. can finish the sentences. Yeah. Cute. That's so cute. Um, which place in the Netherlands does feel very special to you and why? Hmm. Must I be Brabant, think, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely Brabant. And I was thinking, let's be a bit more original than the Efteling. So then it would be the, the village I, that I grew up in, Herpen. Uh, because I, I just had a, a wonderful youth without a lot of worries, actually. And I just loved that my family lived close and my grandma and grandpa lived close. And I was already, uh, I always had a good... Uh, bond with my little brother so i whenever i'm there it really feels like yes this is my home ground yeah oh, that sounds really good what's your biggest fear oh that's interesting well my re i 
up until recent, my biggest fear was, I, I was in a car accident actually two years oh. ago and on the highway when I was all, almost at the UMC for work. And I, I ended up having a whiplash from that and I still have some fatigue problems and some pain in my back and neck. But um, my biggest fear then was that I wouldn't be able to get, get back to work because uh, I love my work so much. I have such inspiring colleagues also. And I was like, if I have to live my life without being able to work, that would be very tough. But I let go and I'm back and I'm uh, quite healthy. So that's happy. So, but that was a fear that I struggled with the past two years. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and what was your biggest fear when you were a graduate student? Oh, yeah. Interesting. I have to think about it. Because I was, yeah, I think I was a student that all, always put in her best. But that's also sometimes scary because if your best is not enough, then you just won't make it. And you know, there's nothing uh, to put in extra because you already gave it your all. Mm -hmm. So I think that was uh, the biggest fear that my best wouldn't be enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, now you're letting me think about things that I don't want to think about. Okay. Oh, no, no, don't do it. Next question. <laughs> Next question. What's your life motto? Um, wherever this journey may lead you, let your heart be your guide. So each podcast, we would like to end with a book recommendation. Yeah. Uh, so do you have one? I have one. And I checked whether it's translated already. And it is. It's originally Dutch. Um from Rutger Brechtman, De Meeste Mensen Deugen. Mm. And it has been translated and the English version is called Humankind. And I have to say, um, I, it was preaching to the choir for me, but he really makes a, to me, convincing statement that we don't have to be too pessimistic about humankind, that we are kind in nature. And he really like myth busts some uh, deeply rooted ideas that we have about ourselves as uh, as a human race How, and i really like the yeah the optimism that, that we're not that bad we it we have reasons to trust each other wow so for one one more time it's humankind from rutger brechtman rutger brechtman okay cool oh cool thank you that's um a nice one to finish with. So um, I hope we have another opportunity to talk with you uh, in another podcast about your uh, other great project, the PhD, Happy PhD Supervisor. Yay. For all students who plan on becoming PhD students, they could uh, start following on Twitter. Yeah, we'll uh, link the, the Twitter name uh, in the description okay. so that um, everyone uh, knows where to find you. Yeah. And um, well, thank you for now for this uh, for your time and this inspiring conversation and all your great answers. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I just want to take this opportunity to also wish all our students the best and know that we are really working hard for you and we know it's tough. So uh, be kind to yourself. Yeah. Just all hang in there and um, yeah. thanks all for tuning in. And you will hear from us very soon. This was an episode of Radio Life Sciences, the podcast channel of the Graduate School of Life Sciences. Thank you so much for listening and hope to see you back next time.